Welcome to Ag Credit Set It, the podcast for farm newbies and seasoned professionals alike. In each episode, our hosts sit down with experts from across the agriculture industry to bring you insights, advice, and must-have information on all things rural living, from farming to finances and everything in between. So let's get to it. Welcome back to Ag Credit Set It. March is Women's History Month, so we thought it was fitting to talk to some of our women in agriculture here at Ag Credit, and we are lucky enough to have two wonderful women in ag on our podcast crew, Brenna and Libby. Phil is here with me. Uh, we are going to be the hosts of this and let the girls be our guests today on this. So kind of first, give me some background on your guys' ag involvement and how long you've been in the ag field. Well, I guess I'll start. Um, I say my earliest memories of being involved in ag was following my dad around, showing hogs at the state fair. Um, So you can say I've been involved in ag um, for a long time. I've grown up in it. Um, I started off in 4-H and then into FFA and then went to Ohio State again to to major in ag because that's that was my thing. Ag is my thing. And then now um, I worked at a bank for a little bit in agriculture and then now obviously here at Ag Credit and I've done, you know, volunteered in 4-H, volunteered in FFA, been involved with Farm Bureau, um, been involved with some other groups um, like Ohio Agribusiness Association and, and things like that. So really anything ag I've really been attracted to and tried to be involved with because the world is run by those who show up. So, you know, that's what Dusty always says. So we try to follow in with that. Question for you, actually. Uh, when you went to Ohio State, I guess, in, in the ag uh, school, how many how many females were there? Like, how many women were in the, the ag? I mean, generally, I mean, yeah, what was the ratio or mix? Yeah. So the interesting thing was I started off in ag ed. So the majority of people in my classes were women, obviously, to be teachers. Now, when I switched my major to agribusiness, that was fewer. There was a lot fewer women in those, or ladies, whatever you want to call us in in college, but um, (laughs) there was a lot fewer of us. Um, But I would say you you would probably be 50-50 at the college, if not a little bit less. But once you switch from a more female female field of being teachers into a more business field or a crop field, it was it was more more of the guys that you're in there with. Brenna. Well, I, guess, <laughs> I guess I could say ditto. <laughs> no, I actually did the same, started off in 4-H and FFA and, you know, showed cattle and helped on the family farm and things like that, but went to Ohio State, majored in ag ed. However, I did not start in ag ed. I actually started college in civil engineering. Went a year and I thought, oh, these are not my people. So switched over and just fit right in. And like Libby said, the number of people or women in it really shifted, I think, while we were even there. I noticed more men there at the beginning. And then towards the end, it was the classes became more female oriented type classes, I guess you could say. After graduating, I spent 12 years in the production ag arena, I guess you can call it. And now three years here at Ag Credit. So now Brenda, let me ask you, on the production side, was were there a lot of females in your role doing that with you or was that more of a male dominated industry? <laughs> male dominated industry. I worked at a swine facility, um, a large swine operation out of Bucyrus. 
and worked inside the sow units, so doing all the breeding. Um, I actually interviewed a lot of the new employees and kind of did the screening to make sure people were coming in and doing their jobs and things like that, did training. Did you uh, feel like there was more challenges in that side than versus when you came to Ag Credit as far oh, as you know, being a female in the industry? Definitely. There's a whole thing about having to prove yourself, I guess, or your knowledge that you do know what you're talking about and being taken seriously, I guess, is one way to put it that comes into play. And, you know, I didn't, when I first went into the swine world, I didn't really know much about swine because I showed cattle. We had cattle growing up. So it was a total learning curve for me from the get-go. But I had to pick up on it quickly because I got asked those questions of, well, what about this? What about that? You know? And then when I switched from there over to the crop production side, I had to teach myself all over again because, you know, like Libby, I went into ag education and the, the joke down at the college is you're jack of all trades, master of none. So you take all these classes and all these ag things. Like, I mean, I, you took power machinery classes, concrete classes, construction classes, engine classes. I mean, I could put an engine together. Just give me some time to do it. <laughs> but, I mean, we had to take all of those things. And in those classes on the production side, those were all mostly men inside those classes and then going out into the world it was mostly men in that whole arena there too so um when i switched over to do the crops like i said i had to teach myself everything i mean i would call i would call my dad dude does this sound right (laughs) you know i had to make sure i was like really paying attention to what i wrote down we had a you know another female rep had put down Oh, gosh, what was it? It was a disease in corn, and they put it down on the field report. Well, it just so happened to go to a a grower of ours that was an actual ag educator. (laughs) So uh, it was nothing that was ever found here in Ohio. And, oh, boy, that was, you don't know your stuff and everything. And then it's like, well, hold on. Let's walk through this. What, What was it? And, you know, I had to go back out and kind of smooth it over like hey she's still learning the whole thing and and what diseases are where the presence are in the in the state and things like that so I mean there was definitely some uh, cushioning or finesse or whatever you want to call it had to go into how we handled certain situations so So, so, you know we, we talk about that and some of the challenges you guys have seen in your career thus far you know, growing up, I'm sure there were challenges um, being young girls in an ag community, um, you know, coming up through, I'm guessing, 4-H, FFA. Were there some influencers for you guys growing up that, you know, really kind of pushed you to be the best you could being, you know, a female in the in in the environment? <laughs> I'll be honest. Actually, mine wasn't necessarily a female. Um, my ag teacher... And I will name drop him, Mr. Craig Norton from Ireland's <laughs> FFA. He's now retired and, and whatnot. But he, I actually almost went into the civil engineering field in order to avoid ag at first. Which I, I would guess civil engineering, to me, was probably going to be a more male-dominated yep. Uh, industry. Yep. And while well, the joke with my brothers was like, oh, you just want to get paid more because you're going to be the minority of it. It's like, well... <laughs> I didn't really like think about it that way, but if that's the way it's going to work, I don't know. I 
didn't really look into it that much. So, but he kept asking me to switch over to Ag Ed for the longest time, and I refused and refused and refused. And finally, I was like sitting in the class, and I'm I can re- distinctly remember sitting there looking around, thinking, "These are not my people." I and I had to get out of it. Like I literally next day switched over to a whole nother field, and. The rest is history, I guess you could say. <laughs> so, what about you, Libby? Um, yeah, and I would actually say that my influencers were not female either. Um, I would say first and foremost, it would be my dad. He always treated me like my brothers. Of you can do, you can do anything that your brothers can, and that's kind of the attitude um, that I have, regardless of if it was sports, ag, whatever. It's like I'm going to be better than you guys, <laughs> and that's just kind of the way the way they they raise me in that. Um, so my, my dad, being um, a previous ag teacher, you know, he really pushed me in FFA and really said, you know, like, you, you can do it. And it's funny to see, like, when I started, uh, my, my, I was involved with, I would say involved with FFA through my brothers being involved of seeing the changes of, you know, the whole officer team would be males. And then by the time I got up there and by the time I left, your officer team, at least at our high school, was mostly females. So, I mean, that was the neat kind of transition that they had. Um, I will say once I started to decide what my career was going to be and then also, you know, working with that credit, I had um, somebody that I had worked for. um, He was actually also a 4-H advisor. And he just, I I was like, I was defiant on being an ag ed teacher. And he's like, Libby, you know... I don't know if that's really the path that you should take. I really want you to think about, you know, having a family and, you know, what you're going to want to do being um, once you get into your professional career. So um, I kind of blame him for having making me take calculus and chemistry in, the, in a summer semester <laughs> because I decided that's the that was the year that I decided to go into ag business. And then once I got into the ag business field, it's like, okay, what am I going to do now? And that is where I would say I'd be more influenced by some people, um, people in college that might have been females. But yeah, absolutely, I would say it was really more males that were pushing us and influencing us. And I think there's also a transition of the farm's not always going to go to the sun, now I think there's a lot of fathers that are looking at their daughters to take on operations as well and I think that transition kind of happened as um as we were growing up um seeing recognizing the daughter of like oh your husband's not just going to come into the farm like you can actually have a piece of the farm and do something on the farm um and I think that transition happened and is still happening you know now yeah the, the high school I went to um growing up the last number of years, the, all the officers have been females. So that's been fun to see, you know, yeah, when I was in high school, it was kind of a mixed bag, but, um, but yeah, just fun to see that there's a lot of, a lot of young girls that are getting involved with FFA. And, and I would say that, well, the, look at the, the amount dominant, of teachers, yeah. I guess you could say from when yeah. we were younger, we're mostly male ag teachers. And now looking at it, I, I mean, I don't know the number specifically or anything like that, but it seems like there's a lot more female ag teachers out yeah, there. I would agree. So, you know, I think that kind of brings me to my, my next question here with your guys's time in the industry and growing up in it, what would you say has been the challenges and maybe has, has the role of the female in agriculture changed from when you guys grew up seeing your mothers 
to where you're at now, where Libby talked about, and you both are your uh, producers on your own farm. Kind of, wh- what have you guys seen as how the roles have changed? Oh, absolutely. I would say they changed. I mean, you look at, um, you know, I'll even go back to like our grandmothers. I mean, their role was to make sure the f- dinner was on the table at five o'clock and you took care of the kids. And, um, and the guys were out in the field taking care of whatever they needed to do. And, um, now, you know, the changes are, you know, you have, and I think you, you, when you look at it, look at an earning statement, you like seeing that off-farm income and that insurance, um, cost coming in from the, you know, the wife having an off-farm job. And most of the wives do have off-farm jobs or are in the, um, operation as the record keepers now, um, while also being mothers, while also getting meals out to the field. Um, so I, yeah, I mean, it has greatly changed over the years. And, and you know, I even see that um, in my own family and, you know, a lot of our customers now. It's it's awesome to see that women are recognized now within their, their farms. Well, the I think the challenges of it all, um, I think the big thing is probably t- being taken seriously and having to earn the respect that we know what we're talking about and understand the industry. I mean, in my own family, not to bring my family into this or anything like that, but, you know, I can remember being outside at one point in time and not to throw my brothers under the bus or anything, but I was also told that there was a toilet to go scrub inside. And I thought, (laughs) I don't think so. Um, you, You can too, you know, I, and that used to like really I back then it really bugged me a lot because it was like I want to be out here just as much as you guys want to be out here and it didn't sit well with me and not now looking at it I'm the only one in our family out of the five kids that is in the ag industry and yes we all have our little things like I have a brother that does hay production and stuff and another brother works for the guy that we farm with and you know well they both do kind of but physically being in the industry as my primary job I am literally the only one in it so I mean it's definitely a shift in comparison to what we thought would happen most likely I would think I mean do do you think uh, some of those situations you're growing up comments are made to you maybe pushed you oh even further yeah (laughs) and I mean I'll be honest it was like I wanted to stick it to them I mean really absolutely it's just like watch me you know and and I mean I've got the cows down in the barn I have a brother that raises cattle with his kids for 4-H and stuff like that but I mean I literally am the only one out there doing this as far as livestock production and things like that now I buy my hay from my brother uh, my other brother so I mean, it's it comes full circle, I think. But, I mean, I'm out there doing the breeding, out there running the cows through the chute, weaning the calves, breaking the calves, getting my butt whooped, you know, watching it. And they, I, I know my brother has, has probably sat there and had a beer and watched, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, I, it did... It did really push me to do it more, I think. Well, and I kind of look at, you know, just from... Uh, the experiences I've seen, the women in agriculture, the new role we have now, especially on the on the financial side of things, the management side of things on the farm, seems like there's so many more women ag that are probably more of the manager on a farm than what their spouse is, and, and to a point, probably more diligent. I mean, I know on my my personal uh, experience on our family farm, 
my wife is a much better grain marketer and bookkeeper than me and a lot more organized. Um, you guys can do all that and then go out and hop in a grain cart and also raise the kids. It's just you become so much more. You're you're just as much a part of the, of the operation as as the guy is from where, you know, probably even 20 years ago, it was a very, I'm guessing, probably a very small amount of females that really took the role that you guys do now in the industry. There is a really big shift that's occurring, I think. And I, I don't, or we can't identify, I should say, a particular cause or anything like that. But like the ability, I'm going to say, the women can multitask. Not to say yeah, men, right. men can't. I'm sure men can. I can't. But, <laughs> but the multitasking part of it all, I mean, there's things like I could be working on three things for three different people at the same time because it's just the way I think our minds are constructed. I don't know. I Who knows if there's some scientific number or, or <laughs> study out there for that. But Phil, I don't know. They, I mean, Phil, I are they know. trying to say that we can't multitask? No, yeah, I didn't no, say no, that. No, 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 no. But it's true. I can't. So, like I said, so. But no, I, I, uh, I've shared before even in our first episode, I, I used to work in a university setting. So I worked for about 10 years for a university. And I would say, and that's kind of why I was curious what your experience was at Ohio State and um, just the, the demographics for all universities, no matter what field it is, it's, it's shifting female uh, in a big, big way. And there's a lot of studies out there, that, you know, um, like, why, you know, why are males not going to college? You know, like it's, it's, it's almost it's, it's super fascinating to learn. But but, yeah, I, I think women just, you know, 10, 20 years from now are going to be the dominant, you know, workforce. I think you're just going to see more and more, you know, uh, leaders and, and whatever industry it is just be dominated by women, because I think women are, are motivated and they're they're getting educated. They're putting the work in and, and they're becoming kind of the, you know, the masters of their fields. And, and they're, you know, you'll see that now. So I think. And then our 10 or 15 years, this is going to this is going to be a boom. Yeah. Well, just looking at some of the numbers, I did a little bit of research before we all met and pulled up some of the census numbers from 2012 to 2017, and the number of females in as operators, I should say, was 8,700, and this is for Ohio, not the nation. Okay. So 8,700 female operators in 2012. And the shift went to 43,000 for Ohio in 2017. Oh, wow. So from 8,700 operators to 43,000 operators being females. Now, men increased as well, too, or the male uh, side of things. So 66,000 up to 85,000. So what's, I mean, the shift from 8,700 to 43,000. A little bit bigger variance yeah. there. Yeah, right. Yeah. So yeah. I think it's becoming more – it is becoming more dominant mm -hmm. to the female side of things. And the ability to keep track of all of that stuff, I think everybody has their qualities that they can bring to an operation, whether it's fixing equipment or sitting down at the computer and crunching the numbers. Uh, I mean, there's a – I mean, like <laughs> – and I kind of feel like maybe our industry in agriculture has tried to promote women in ag as much as they can. I know there's conferences now specifically designed just for women in agriculture uh, out there. I I know just from experience uh, working here at Ag Credit, you know, a lot of our branch managers are female. It's, you know, so it's, you really don't feel it's a male or female dominated. It's everybody can do the same 
job. It's it's not that, you know, one is better than the other, I think. Yeah, I, I say, I agree. I mean, I agree with that. And we have, we're very unique in our office that we are, we are only an office of three, but we are an all-female office. And this change had just happened this past year, and it's been amazing um, the comments and I think the um, scarcity I think of some of our, our customers that had just been nervous of not having a male in our office so it's just and again I think that goes back to proving you know we having to prove ourselves and knowing you know knowing what we're what, what we're doing and I think that's across the board for any women in ag of that challenge but I I mean that that I agree 100 <laughs> percent you, you got Libby at your office I mean and I guess I'm just thinking maybe the older generation of farmer. Do you do you sense any nervousness when they come in that you know they are dealing with um, like an all female staff at that at our branch there now versus what they were used to? I mean, can you tell us they're nervous or I mean, are they kind of feeling that it's the new norm? Um, yes, they they are they are nervous. Um, number one because we the gentleman that was there before was there for 40 years. And so I think it's the nervousness of, okay, oh gosh, this is all female, but then also these are young women who are green in their career. Do uh, they know what they're talking about? Yeah, do we know I mean, what we're talking about? Really can, we, can, can we understand their needs of their operation like my previous bosses could? So yes, they are nervous. I guess now that you guys are you know a little bit more seasoned kind of in your career, education, looking back, if you could could talk to someone who's young and a female that's young and 4-H, young in FFA, or maybe just starting out in their, their college years or early in their career, what advice would you give them? Don't listen to the, no- the, the, the voices in your head. Do not let imposter syndrome come into your head because just because somebody is questioning you, you do know what you're talking about. Um, you, if, as long as you've done the work, as long as you have the knowledge, go with your gut and your intuition, because that is the, one of the number one things that women are best at doing. So, you know, don't let somebody just try to put you down or, um, put control over you because you are a woman. I have the personality of dishing stuff back, I think. <laughs> so I am the type that's going to dish some of it back if it's given to me, not in the derogatory or putting down type way but even jokingly obviously I mean I like to joke around a lot so that's the the mentality and I kind of my piece of advice mainly I think would probably let stuff roll off the back my dad even told me he goes that's going to show their ignorance if they say something to you or anything like that so don't take it as an insult to you just let it go and proceed with your business because one like in this industry where we're here here at Ag Credit, they need us as much as we need them kind of thing. So it's about the position that we're in and being able to maintain it and trust, like she said, our instincts going forward. So, I mean, I've had guys try to pull wools over my eyes and it hasn't worked. I mean, I'm having a guy telling me his average bean yield is 90 to 95. Well... <laughs> No, it's not. <laughs> I just know the area. I mean, I was a soybean and wheat production manager for a period of time. Like, I know what this stuff is going to be able to do for you. And, you know, I find myself actually explaining my background a lot more than, a, yeah. I don't know about you, but I I'm, really do. Cause there, almost I, like 
you know, provide a resume or your, yes, your credentials. Yes, yeah. um, absolutely. And that's yeah. the one thing where like in my boss and I's office, you know, I have a picture of my family farm. Um, my boss, she has her American degree out. She has her diploma out. You know, she, we, whenever we're introducing, you know, um, her to some of our customers that she doesn't know, it's, oh, hey, I was an FFA, you know, here's my, my dad farms, my husband farms, you know, or if I'm talking to somebody who's putting up a hog barn, it's like, oh, well, I have a hog barn as well. You know, it's always like we have to throw that information out there. So it does build confidence and trust that, again, we're proving ourselves. <laughs> we do know what we're talking about. And I think, you know, when I talk to a lot of our female members, I don't hear a lot of my husband farms, my dad farms. It's our farm, mm-hmm. you know, yep. and I think that's really setting the, the, the precedence there that, you know, it is truly a joint operation. Well, it's definitely, it identifies the shift in the industry. It really does. And it has come a long way. And there is something to celebrate. Actually, I was talking with another account officer before coming here to to record this. And we literally were saying how far things have come with women in the industry and it is something to celebrate whether it's just with us females or with everybody it is something to celebrate and to acknowledge that it is changing and we are worthy of being here and sitting at the table and having those discussions and things like that so i have two young daughters at home and both of them want to be farmers they're only four and seven right now what do you say to that little girl when she comes to your office and sees women like you in the position you're in, I want to be that someday. What steps do you tell a little girl to take? Do you Is it better to be involved in 4-H FFA or... Get what? in the tractor. I was going to say. <laughs> Go get in the tractor. Ride with dad as long as you have to ride and, to, and beg and beg and beg to be the driver. Really? Yeah. I mean, I can remember sitting there and be like, dad, can I drive? Dad, can I drive? It's auto steer. I can do it. Like, (laughs) we were your original auto steer system, (laughs) you know? So, I mean, literally, if she came in, if you came into the office and you were sitting there and I, you know, struck up a conversation with her, I'd be like, go, go ask to ride with dad. Like, go out there and do this stuff. I mean, get your hands dirty. I mean, on the weekends, I'm covered in cow poo 90% of the time. (laughs) So, I mean, that really, you're not, if you're not going to go out there and do it, I mean, if they're out there with you right now, their odds are that's probably the route they're going to take because they're already hands-on at that age. So, I would definitely give her a high five and say, go get it, girl, because that, I mean, that is exciting that they, they um, there's something special, I will say, between fathers and daughters. So you ha- you already have that good connection with her. And if that, if she wants to be, you know, if she wants to get in the tractor or she wants to get involved in 4-H and have that, I would totally push them towards that and tell her, you know, do just follow your heart. If that's what you want to do, follow your heart, get involved. Um, you know, I don't, I mean, I'm a very competitive person, so I would <laughs> tell her to beat all the, all the boys, but you know, just get in, get involved in 4-H and FFA. Absolutely. 100%. And get involved as, as many ag things as you can. Um, cause she will the, appreciate you more too. Yeah. I think, <laughs> I mean, look, look, not to cut off Libby, but like, I, 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 
called my dad almost all, all the day, all day long, saying, "Hey, does this sound right?" <laughs> like confirm that I'm still correct here, and having that boost of confidence in order to get it done. And I mean, we still talk about all this stuff every day now, and I can sit and have a conversation with my dad all day long about farming, all day long, probably. Yeah, and I mean, I still ask my dad, like, "Do you need help?" Do you mean you need to drive the tractor? Like, oh, yeah. don't tell my brother. Tell me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, I can leave my husband at home with the kids. I'll go, I'll go and grab for you. He can bring dinner to the field. Yes. <laughs> That's right. Well, I want to thank you guys for being our guests today on this. And, you know, really great information from two great women in ag in our industry. So thank you guys very much, and we'll catch you on the next episode of Ag Credit Set It. Thank you for listening to Ag Credit Set It. Want to talk ag in between episodes? Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at AgCredit. For more tips and resources, visit agcredit.net. And be sure to subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. Catch you next time. Yeah.